What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. <laughs> this is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to your Friday edition. Happy Friday, everybody. Let's get ready for the weekend. Let's talk tight ends. How can you really make the case for Mark Andrews over Travis Kelsey? Ugh. He's going to do it. I'm going to argue with him. It's going to be fun. I'm going to troll him a little bit. Uh, we're going to I got him call out the emailers. That's going to be an inter- interesting segment. We'll see how that one goes. Adam calls out the emailers. And Jamie says, let's do something fun. Jamie, you know, he's happy to talk tight ends, but he wanted to mix it up a little bit, do something a little bit fun. So I'm, I came up with something on the spot. We'll see if it's fun. Uh, we'll see if we can make a little fun segment. Remember when we used to play games? Yeah, we, we should play. Why don't you do like a like a tight end Jeopardy? I didn't have time for that. I I would have liked to. That would have been a good. That would have been a good presentation of that. Okay, Adam was going been... to do that, but then he was trying to figure out how to change his password, and <laughs> he's been doing that for the last two and a half days. So he's not had time to do anything else. I know you've been uh, busy as father of the year because you are a fantastic father watching your children. Oh, thank you. Um, but you know. You could have made some questions. No, I really couldn't have. My wife's been sick, so I'm we're trying to keep the kids away from her as much as possible. And I have been doing double duty here. And uh, I, you know what? The only thing I had time to do last night, Heath, don't, please don't tell anyone in your family about this, is I did watch the first 20 minutes of Beavis and Butthead <coughs> do the universe or whatever it's called. And it was yes. very funny. Was very I'm funny. sure it was. It was good. Fantastic. All right, so... Um, yeah. Uh, email us fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Top five tight ends, fantasy cops a little bit later. Some news on Deshaun Watson and Alvin Kamara. Big news on those guys. And Jamie says, let's do something fun. So here we go. Ready, guys? Pick a division. Heath, pick a division, then Jamie can pick one. Just go ahead. NFC South. Jamie, pick a division. This is for tight ends? No, no, no. Just you have no idea what it's for. Just pick a division. Okay. I was going to say, because, like, what's the crappiest tight end division? So let's go AFC East. AFC East, NFC South. <clears throat> Pick one random team in a different division. Jamie, you can go first. I'll pick the best team in the division, so let's go with the Jets. No, 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 no. in a different division. division. Sorry, the Bills. The Bills. A different division, different division. Oh, different division. You already have the AFC East. Now pick one more oh, team. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening to you as usual. Um, different division. Let's go AFC West. Nope. Pick a nope. team in a different division. Oh, a team in a different division. Uh, Chiefs. <laughs> okay, AFC uh, East and Kansas City. And I'll go the Rams. Okay. Make a fantasy team. Make a fantasy lineup. Quarterback, two running backs, 
two wide receivers and a tight end. I think I'm just doing this now. I think that's six. So that you have five teams and you have six players. You can only you can only use one player per team plus one of the two teams you'll be able to use two one of the five five teams you'll be able to use two players. But no more than two players for any team. You must use every team. So Heath has the NFC South and the Rams. I want to I want to change the rules. I want it to be a uh, super flex. No, no super flex. Jamie has yeah. the AFC East and the Chiefs. Go ahead, guys. Make your fantasy lineup. Quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, and a tight end. You want me to go first? Or you want to go? Whatever. You guys can think about it. All right. Uh, Josh Allen's the quarterback. Travis Kelsey's the tight end. Um, well, the running backs are tough. Uh, Brees, Brees Hall. Hall. And uh, <laughs> Damien Harris, I guess. Um, okay. the, the receivers. You have, I, I can only use one team once? No, you can use any team twice, but only you have to use every team. One of them you can use twice. So Stefan Diggs you could put in there. Right. So Diggs, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, that's it. That's, that's your it. team. That's a good team. Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Brees Hall, Damian Harris, Travis Kelsey, Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill. A little zero RB there. All right, Heath, go ahead. Okay, so I'll go Kyle Pitts, um, Alvin Kamara, uh, Tom Brady, Christian McCaffrey. Um, I've put Cooper Cup. Man, my team's good. <laughs> what, I don't. I've lost a complete track, though. I've got it. You did I, the Bucks, the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons. Okay, you can pick any of those teams with one more player. So, so you need another Mike wide Evans. receiver. Mike, Mike okay, Evans. yeah, you win. <laughs> <laughs> Brady, Kamara, McCaffrey, Cup, Evans, and Pitts. All right. I think that we learned the moral of the story is don't don't choose the AFC. Don't choose. The, yeah. <laughs> All right. That, was that fun? Okay, good. So you know what else is fun? Our Facebook group is fun. Join our Facebook group. Just search for Fantasy Football Today on Facebook, or there's a link in the episode description. You can chat with other FFT listeners, get good dynasty debates in there. Very helpful stuff throughout the season, waiver wire, starter sit, all these threads that can really help you. Uh, Because we can't answer every question, but when you have other educated fantasy football fans with their opinions, it might help you, give you some clarity. We've got live streams every Tuesday, youtube.com slash today. That's the only place you can see it. You can see it live at 1 p.m. on Tuesdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, or you can see anything on demand, all of our podcasts on demand. Um, and next week is Scott Fishbowl live stream, so we'll help you out with strategies for that format with Scott Fish joining the show. I would like to call out our emailers, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Oh, everything is a keeper question or a dynasty question or a trade. Give me a little 2022 redraft stuff here. Give me that that Apple podcast question we had saying Cortland Sutton isn't that good. Give me, you know, some hot take, whatever. Give me something 2022 redraft. Yeah, of course, you can get your keeper. I'll read some more keeper questions. I'll read some dynasty questions. But I was putting the emails in the show today. I'm like, man, someone give me something spicy. Let's go, people. All right, news and notes. This is spicy. Pro Football Network's Aaron Wilson said the NFLPA, the Players Association, is concerned that Deshaun Watson could be suspended for all of 2022, if not indefinitely. We will we will know this before we actually do our drafts, most likely, but maybe not for those of you in the Scott Fishbowl. But how does this affect Amari Cooper? If Deshaun Watson does not play this season, 
Would Amari Cooper be in the first five rounds? Would he be a top 60 pick? I think so, just because of how receivers get drafted. So he will be a number three receiver as opposed to a number two receiver. Uh, if you told me Deshaun Watson was playing an entire season, he would be a borderline number one receiver. So, you know, he's going to drop significantly, assuming it's Jacoby Brissett. Um, if there was some semblance of, hey, we're just going to have Baker start for this year, then I would probably keep him in the wide receiver two range. Uh, but if it's Jacoby Brissett for the majority of the season, uh, I think Amari Cooper will still be a top 30 receiver. I'll probably have him ranked in that range. Uh, but he will not be in the first probably four rounds. He's going, you know, as early as round three in some cases. Yeah, if it's Jacoby Brissett, I'd probably have him outside the top five rounds, but it would be, it'd be close. I think Jamie's right. He'd probably be drafted in the first five rounds. Um, I just don't like, the more I think about it, and I know it's a tough thing to get over, but Baker Mayfield's a, a free agent after this year. He needs to play to get a contract and play in the future. So if I seems like the Browns could find a way to make that work if they really wanted to. Okay. I don't know if Baker Mayfield wants to though, but but if he sits out the whole year, what's his future in the NFL? Well, let's see. Baker? Yeah. Uh, you saying sits out is in the Browns keep him under contract? The Browns keep him under contract oh. and he says I'm not playing so he doesn't get paid all year and then goes in like does the levy on Bell. He's a quarterback that's still relatively young, so he'll 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 have a opportunity to compete for a job. But it's a prove it deal. I would imagine he goes if if this scenario plays out, he ends up in the Tannehill Mariota scenario. Yeah. Where it obviously worked for Tannehill. We'll find out if it works for Mariota. Jameis, I mean, you know, Jameis was a little weird one because he's coming up five thousand yard season, but um I mean we've seen it before where guys have to go back and, and you know reestablish themselves. So that could be the case. Right. I, I'm just thinking, like, because none of those guys got a bunch of money, right? Jameis hasn't hasn't gotten a big contract yet. Well, I mean, Tan- Mariota hasn't gotten a bunch of money yet. Right. No, Jameis signed a deal, but not a huge one. Is he on like, a one-year if, deal or a three-year deal? Uh, the first 20... contract that he got or the second one? The first one no, to be a backup? No, the second one. The one he just got this offseason, I don't remember what it was. But if Baker goes out, if Baker just swallows his pride and has an above-average year this year and then is a open on the open market next year, he makes a ton more money. Well, there's also, and, and I don't know, Adam, it may be in the story that you read, uh, if, if this suspension is indefinite, do the Browns still have the ability to void the contract? Right. Oh, I didn't see that, but I did see the rumor about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, J- uh, James Winston, I think, signed a two-year, $28 million deal. It might be effectively a one-year deal for this season. Uh, Alvin Kamara is bracing for a suspension of at least six games, according to Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio. Obviously a huge deal here. And Mark Ingram played three games without Kamara last season. He scored 20.8 PPR fantasy points against the Titans. 15.3 against the Eagles. He had 10 catches in those two games. Then he missed the Buffalo game. I think that was a Thanksgiving game where we were starting... Uh, what was, I'm sorry, what was uh, the third string running back that everybody was so excited about? Had like the worst Tony game Jones? ever. Yeah, Tony Jones. 
And I wouldn't say we were that excited about it, but uh, and then the following week against Dallas, he had 10 carries for 28 yards and one catch for negative two yards. So he had a terrible game. I don't know if he got hurt because Ingram did miss the following game against the Jets, but there was a lot of work in those first two games without Kamara. There was 18 and 22 touches. So Mark Ingram, is he a must draft? I mean, he is a must draft player right yes. now, but where Heath? I mean, it should depend on what everybody else does. Right now, he's still available in the last round of drafts, so it's hard to move him up too much um, until the suspension is actually happens. I think he's going to be available for sure in round 11 or 12. Um, so I'd probably wait until then. Once, If it's a six-game suspension, you might have to go all the way up to round eight or nine. They had David Johnson in last week, so I think they're going to add somebody, but we'll see. Oh, man. I have one freaking league that we've done a draft on, and I have Alvin Kamara. So annoyed. <laughs> I knew I hated that pick when I... And who is who is Mark Ingram in that league? That's the magazine league? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I do. It's Heath. You do? It's Heath. No, I know who it is. It's Heath. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Makes me sick. Yeah, I, you've gotten off to a rough start with that one because you also drafted Gronk. <laughs> I did, uh, did I really? Oh yes. man, and I don't think I have a backup. Time. Can we redo that? No, well, it's it's a little weird because for our magazine content, we swapped out Gronk and gave you Dawson Knox. So I think to be fair, we'll give you Dawson Knox. Oh, that's okay. I can I can manage as the commissioner. I'll allow that. Oh, I'll but pick we, him up. We anyway. will not give you Mark Ingram. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I feel comfortable dropping Gronk though. Like, I get, I gotta wait. Well, you don't have to drop Gronk if you don't want to. You drafted three quarterbacks, probably, if I recall. Um, <laughs> I drafted two. I drafted two. Uh, but as, as the commissioner, since, uh, we gave it to you for the, for the content purposes, I will give you Dawson Knox. No, that's all right. He's all right. I can do it myself. All right. Anyway, uh, Washington defensive end Chase Young may open the season on injured reserve, according to ESPN's John Kime and Paul Denner of the athletic thinks that Chris Evans could be the Bengals third down back as opposed to Samaje Pirine. We'll take a break and we'll talk tight ends. When we come back, Andrews versus Kelsey. Then the other three, how do we rank them? We'll also pair them up with a top five quarterback and compare values, and you'll see what we'll do. But that's right after this quick break on Fantasy Football Today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to your Friday edition. Here we go. Let's talk about those top five tight ends. You know, Heath, it's weird. Every one of them has had some type of major personnel change offensively, assuming Garoppolo is not the quarterback, right? Kelsey loses Hill. Andrews loses Marquise Brown. uh, Kyle Pitts loses Matt Ryan. The Jimmy Garoppolo thing for Kittle and the Devontae Adams thing for Waller. So this is a pretty interesting... It can't be that easy. I don't know. Do you think it's difficult to rank them? Do you think it's difficult to feel comfortable projecting them? It's great for content because yeah. we've got we've got plenty of things to write or say about all of these guys and make your case in one direction or the other. But yeah, it, it, I think there's a little bit more uncertainty than there has been in the past couple of years. Okay, so who has the most upside after the first two? This next three, however you rank it, Pitts, Waller, Kittle, who has the most upside in that group, Jamie? I mean, it's obviously Pitts. You know, if he can... Fulfill the prophecy, um, then he's going to be a megastar, you know. But it's the same thing, like we've said. I don't know what you guys said in terms of wide receiver, but every every player, it seems like I know why well, I know it was for quarterback and, and running back. It was Jalen Hurts has the most upside, the most downside. Christian McCaffrey has the most upside, the most downside. I think it's the same thing with probably Kyle Pitts. He has the most upside and the most downside. And so, you know, if you're shooting for ceiling, um, second year is typically when the the Great ones have their breakout season. He's in his second year. He's coming off a record-breaking rookie season in terms of his yardage and, you know, what his opportunity looks like. And so there's a lot to love about him. But obviously, you know, if he doesn't score touchdowns again and and the Falcons' offense is miserable uh, and the quarterback play is miserable, he could potentially be miserable. So, you know, he's the the bridge at the top between two guys that you probably feel very comfortable with in – Kelsey and Andrews and two guys that, you know, are getting a little bit older. And, you know, if, if Waller's injury last year is a sign of things, maybe injury prone. Uh, and as you said, personnel changes that can severely impact them. So he can, he can be better potentially than one of the two guys in front of him. I doubt it, but he could, uh, but he could be significantly worse as well than the two guys going behind. He, who do you think has the most upside tight ends three through five? I mean, lo- long-term upside, I would definitely say it's Pitts, but I think for this year, I'd still go with Kittle. I I don't know exactly what the 49ers are going to do with this offense, but if they don't go back to like just super run heavy and, and continue to throw pit pits or Kittle, despite the injuries per game has still been awesome over the last two years. And I'm just as every bit as scared about the passing game and offensive production of the Falcons offense and maybe more than I am 49ers. George Kittle has been a top four tight end in non-PPR and a top three tight end in PPR on a per-game basis in four straight seasons. And in three of the last four seasons, he has played 14 or more games and finished as a top three tight end in non-PPR and a top four tight end in PPR for a full season. But he's no worse than top four in per, per game in four straight seasons. Uh, very impressive for Kittle. <laughs> Two games, though, with Trey Lance. And this leads me to my next question. Who has the most downside in this three through five? Jamie's going to say Pitts. Two games with uh, Trey Lance. It's really only a game and a half for Kittle. He had four targets. Uh, So, uh, you know, what's interesting is that last year... Wasn't there a third game too? He missed missed that game. Kittle missing. Yeah. Uh, Last year, I remember looking at the four games 
from 2020 that Ayuk, Kittle, and Debo played together, and Kittle dominated targets in those games. And that was one of the reasons why I was not drafting Debo Samuel. So that meant nothing. Same thing with the Nick Boyle stat from two years ago, right? That meant nothing for Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews was much better before or after the Nick Boyle injury in 2020. That didn't make a difference, obviously, in 2021. So I'm guessing that these, this game and a half of four targets from Trey Lance means nothing going forward. But that did happen, Heath. Does it mean nothing? I'm, uh, it means just a, just a very little bit. It makes me a little bit more scared. Um, but I, I'm really curious what defenses are going to do. Cause I think like Kyle Shanahan, kind of like Sean McVay, if the defense wants to take something away, he'll, you can't take Cooper cup away apparently, but I, I think he'll just adjust is the defense's top priority going into this year, stopping Debo or Kittle Debo. I would, I don't know. Lan- I don't Lance <laughs> the running game. I have no idea. They're a tough team to defend. Yeah. It's always against a team like that. Stop the run. So who has the most downside? Like I said, Jamie would say Pitts. Who do you think? Who is the most downside? Yeah, I think it's Pitts. Okay. And third question, how is Mark Andrews versus Travis Kelsey even a debate? <laughs> um, well, it's in our rankings, it's not in PPR because we all have Travis Kelsey first, I think. Yeah, what about in the other formats? In non-PPR, I do have Andrews. Excuse me, hold on, time out here. On FFT and five yesterday, you said you keep changing that. You might keep I changing do. that. All right, so it is it's a, it an is internal a, debate, but it's a, not going to be a debate on this show because I've got uh, I changed it just so I wouldn't have to debate it. No, <laughs> it's a debate because Andrews outscored him by a point and a half last year, and also lost his number one wide receiver. Yeah. Okay, Jamie, do you think it's a debate? <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, I have a lot to say, but I'll let Jamie go I, ahead. Do you- I do think it's a debate. Um, you know, it, it's a question of. How much more does Lamar Jackson rely on Mark Andrews? Because, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of, I think, just, I don't want to say as an industry, but, you know, the, the fantasy community is just kind of assuming Rashad Bateman is Marquise Brown in terms of production. You know, however it gets there, it gets there in a similar fashion. Um, or, the, excuse me, the, the numbers are, are in a similar fashion. And so Mark Andrews kind of just continues to operate as he has maybe a slight bump in targets. But as we saw last year, you know, as great as Andrews has been with Lamar Jackson, he was better with the other quarterbacks. And so is that the Andrews that we're drafting or banking on? Or is it going to be just a new version of the Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews connection, which it absolutely can be because there is no Marquise Brown. And so I think it's close. Uh, I think it's definitely worth considering taking Mark Andrews not long after Travis Kelsey comes off the board. Um, but I'll, I'll, I, I kind of want to get your take, both of you, on this because I just did a draft where I took – I had the, the 12th pick in an analyst draft, and I took Kelsey with, uh, at, at the one-two turn, and Andrews didn't go till the end of round three. Ooh. And it was a little surprising. It's, it's, a, it's a standard PPR league. And some of the I, – I tweeted the, the team out, and some of the comments I got is, this is why I hate starting – Kelsey in round one. Um, but when I saw Andrews almost make it back to me um, in round three, I was like, oh my God, what a horrific mistake I made. You know, this is as drafts unfolding before, you know, I, I showed the team. This was just, you know, complete utter shock that 11 other analysts let him go or 10 other analysts let him go that far um, that he almost made it back to, you know, the end of the 36th pick. I, I was shocked by that, that he made it that far. If that's the case, then you'd have to reevaluate your strategy. It's just one draft, but you know, right. the only drafts that we've I've seen, you know, is our drafts. Aside from I think two others, and I didn't really pay attention to 
where where Andrews is gone. Well, that's the thing is it's like you're not really if you're deciding between Andrews and Kelsey on one pick, but there's not really a place that you would think that you could be drafting where you're deciding, do I take Kelsey here or do I take Andrews next round? Mm-hmm. If that becomes the case, then I think there's no debate. I think you just take Andrews personally. That, the other thing I will give as a possibility for why this is a debate is did we start to see the decline from Travis Kelsey last year who in his age 32 season, he turns 33 in October, his yards per reception was his lowest since 2015. His yards per game was his lowest since 2017. And his yards per target was the lowest of his career. Yep. But all of that coincided with Mahomes kind of having a down year by his standards too. Right. So, And and I think the same thing happened with Josh Allen. We don't think Mahomes is going to be as good as he was in 2018 and 2019. I mean, I think he can be better than he was last year because I think Mahomes really picked it up late in the season. But no, that is why it is a debate. But I would say that, you know, yes, Mark Andrews, I have Mark Andrews outscoring Kelsey by nine-tenths of a point last year per game. The year before that, Travis Kelsey outscored Andrews in PPR by 8.6 points. The year before that, it was closer. Kelsey outscored Andrews by 2.1 points uh, per game. So... It just hadn't been close. And where have the Ravens ranked in pass attempts the last three years? 32nd, 32nd, and ninth. It's always going to come down to the, the how we feel the Ravens are going to play this year. So I think J.K. Dobbins matters so much in this debate. His health. And or Edwards, Edwards or even Mike Davis. Yeah. You know, if right. the run game is better. I mean, look, obviously Lamar Jackson playing you know, close to 17 games matters too. Yeah. Um, okay. And why don't you guys talk about your rankings of three, four, five? Because it is very different. In full PPR, Jamie goes Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, George Kittle. And Heath goes Darren Waller, George Kittle, Kyle Pitts. So, Jamie, hash that out for us. Pitts, Waller, Kittle. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the setup for, for Kyle Pitts. Uh, obviously, there's there's some concern. Like I said, he does have the most downside of this group, but... You know, I think when you look at this receiving core, um, he is their number one receiving threat. Uh, I think we're going to see him continue to be moved around the formation. Uh, I hope that, you know, Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter get the memo that he has to be targeted and targeted often in terms of pits. I can't imagine that's not the case. And so while Drake London does bring a lot of upside and potential, uh, Pitts showed you that as well in his rookie season and should continue to get better as he has a full offseason to incorporate himself in the system and hopefully get familiar with the quarterback. Now, if the quarterback play is a disaster worse than Matt Ryan, then it's going to be a problem for him. Uh, but obviously setting the rookie record for tight end yardage and receptions, um, breaking Mike Ditka's record, setting the Falcons franchise uh, record for you know tight end production. Um, the touchdowns are clearly the thing. You know, he's got to find the end zone on a more consistent basis and just more volume in, in finding the end zone. But if he's anything close to eight touchdowns, he's going to be in the conversation for best player at that position. And so, I think, uh, you know, Heath mentioned this in terms of, you know, age for Kelsey. Uh, Waller and Kill are getting up there as well. And, you know, in terms of what those guys are, are, are dealing with, again, not knowing who the 49ers quarterback is as of now, we assume it's Trey Lance. Um, I think Pitts just has more upside than those two guys if things go right. Again, most more downside than those two guys as well. But I'm going to shoot for upside when I'm comparing him to those other two players. I, I do not have a strong feeling in this group. I have them all ranked in the same round. My strong feeling is that I don't want to take any of them before round five. And as 
for that, I just generally don't draft any of the three of them. Um, because sometimes one of Kittle or Waller falls to round five, and then I take them. Um, I, I'm worried, maybe more worried than everybody else about the Falcons offense. As bad as they were last year, they were still below league me- median and total pass attempts. And I don't know that Mariota or Ritter is really going to help that because I think they're way more likely to run when things go bad than Ryan was. And I think Drake London's probably going to have at least a deep, he won't have as many targets as Pitts. I agree Pitts is going to lead, but I just, the uncertainty around these guys and the negatives outweigh the positives for me. And so I generally just pass. How many targets do you have him projected for Pitts? Um, I have that right here. 121. Okay, so if you're over 120, now again, this is basically uh, going off the majority of a 16-game season, uh, but going back the last 10 seasons, so from 2012 to 2021, um, 26 tight ends had at least 120 targets over that span. Only one failed to finish as the top five tight end in PPR. That was Dennis Pitta, the great Dennis Pitta. Mm. In 2016, he was number eight. 19 of those 26 in that 10-year span were top three. And so that's a pretty good number if he can get to that 120 target mark to have the opportunity to finish in that range. Now, again, 16 games versus 17 games. Adam asked me this when I told him this that uh, a week ago or so. And he said, I said, I don't know how many of them played the majority of this, played the full 16 games. I wasn't going to go back and look at that. So just, you know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, but in any event, it's a pretty good indication of you're getting that much volume at that position. You're going to be good. And so hopefully he has the chance to get there. He was 110 targets last season. So 10 more targets, I think, is realistic going into his second year. Um, I don't, he's not Dennis Pitta and finishes outside the top five. I think there's a pretty good chance, though, based on his pedigree and what he showed us last year without finding the end zone. If he can get a thousand yard season again out of your tight end, he's probably going to score more than five touchdowns. Yeah, I've, I've got him projected for five. And I think that's the, the interesting discussion because I, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be a top five tight end. Um, and I, if he plays 17 games, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes number three because a couple other guys don't. Um, but I've got him at 121 targets and 11.9 PPR fantasy points per game. That's what TJ Hawkinson scored last year. And that's with 1,000 yards receiving. So what's just catch rate, touchdowns? Five touchdowns is um, well. Low. Five touchdowns on 121 targets is lo- very low for yeah. a tight end. But Marcus Mariota has been a, a very low touchdown rate guy for his career. I do want to point something out with Pitts, right? I, I don't remember. I think we were talking about this on FFT and five yesterday. Matt Ryan had a really bad year. The, I don't want to make it. Maybe it wasn't Ryan. Matt Ryan's passing numbers were bad. In right. 17 games, he did not throw for 4,000 yards. It's about 3,900 yards. 20 touchdown passes. I don't know if Mariota plus Ritter can do that, but I don't think that they will miss that by much. So I'm not sure Pitts is getting that big of a downgrade from last season, you know, and in last season with that terrible passing offense, less than 4,000 yards in 17 games, that's pathetic. And 20 touchdown passes, he had over 1,000 yards as a rookie tight end. So... You know, I, I know people, oh, it's a huge quarterback downgrade. It definitely is. It, 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 probably, it probably is. I don't, maybe, maybe Ryan is just done. I don't know. But it probably is. But last year, Matt Ryan had, I'm guessing he had his worst season ever. So I, I just want to, I do think that deserves a little context. And then you say, okay, well, they added Drake London. Well, if Drake London is as good, it's going to sound crazy, as Russell Gage was last year, that would be a pretty good rookie season. 
for uh, Russell Gage after the Calvin Ridley uh, absence. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know how different the situation is. Actually, I said all five quarterback, oh, all five tight ends that we're talking about today have very different, a big personnel change. I don't know how different it is for Kyle. It has to be a lot different for him to be worth a third round pick. No, he, he just has to worth, play. Better. He was worth like a seventh round pick last he year. He just right? has to put up better numbers. The, the well, situation. it's also—I mean—you got to put it in context. He's a third round pick because of the position he plays. You know, so you're not—you're right. you're, not—you're not drafting him to perform as well as most third round picks. You're drafting him to perform as well as the third best tight end by a significant margin. All right. So I gave this stat yesterday. Russell Gage would have been, based on his 17-game pace in the 10 games without Calvin Ridley, per game, number 25 wide receiver. If Drake London is the number 25 wide receiver per game in both half and full PPR, that would be a pretty good rookie season. And they had a bad passing offense last year. So you can can do with that what you will, uh, but it's possible that it's not that different of a situation for Kyle Pitts. Uh, let me talk about Darren Waller. I think we we know the situation with Kittle. He's amazing, but we don't know what to make of their offense. What do you make of Darren Waller's inconsistencies? You know, week one last year, he comes out, has 19 targets, 10 catches, 105 yards. The next five games, he had 34 targets. Um, you know, which isn't terrible, 116 target pace, but wasn't really that great. And then he kind of took off without Henry Ruggs. And then the year before that, remember, he was a little bit disappointing. And then the last five games or so, he had this 200-yard game against the Jets and went nuts in the last five games. I don't, it's, I'm doing this off the top of my head. So I might be a little off. But he's been kind of up and down. And now you throw Devontae Adams into the mix. It's hard for me to see a very consistent season from Darren Waller. But I do feel like of all the top five tight ends, we've probably talked the least about him. So, Jamie, where are you on Waller? He's number four for me. Um, I'm I'm very curious to see how this is going to work with the Raiders because, as you mentioned, uh, some of his best numbers came when there was somebody removed from the equation. Uh, in this case, there's somebody pretty significant added to the equation, but there's also a new play caller. And the things coming out of Las Vegas, you know, some suggest just based on Josh McDaniel's track record of using Gronk and using the other guy who was there and, you know, what they typically get out of their tight end production in his offense again, mostly with arguably the best tight end of all time, that that's going to benefit Darren Waller more so than the detraction of what he might lose with Devonta Adams there. But there's obviously going to be a target dispersion that's going to be different than he's ever had to deal with because Devonta Adams, the college teammate of Derek Carr, is going to command so much attention in this offense. And so uh, maybe it opens things up for him. Uh, obviously, Derek Carr and Darren Waller have a fantastic relationship. You know, they've appeared publicly a few times this offseason when Darren Waller can certainly have every argument in the world to say, I'm not playing until you pay me because he's <laughs> playing on a very minimal deal and deserves a hell of a lot more money based on what he's produced. And so I think the fact that he is in a contract situation, that he's going to probably see less coverage than he's ever had, mm-hmm. and hopefully this offense is better, that's what keeps him in this range for me and slightly ahead of George Kittle because I am a little bit concerned about Trey Lance and what that means for George Kittle. So I think those two guys are basically married together in terms of where they should be drafted. Aww. If you are, again, looking for the most upside, I think Pitts has it ahead of those other two guys. But if you just kind of want to wait out the top five tight ends and you're coming into a round where they're both still available and you think they're going to go, just take the one that's left. Because I do think that Kittle and Waller are going to be very close in production, hopefully still very elite. And Do you guys think that, or Jamie, or either one, do you guys think that 
Waller, Kittle, Pitts are closer to Dalton Schultz or closer to Andrews and Kelsey? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would hope they're closer to Kelsey and Andrews. Um, I'm going to say Pitts is closer to them. The other two are closer to Schultz. That's kind of how I feel. I, I think it's hard for me to take Kittle or Wall, Kittle or Waller in round four if I can get Schultz in round six. Yeah, I, 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 get, I'm sorry. You might be able to get Schultz in round seven. I mean, we check the ADP. I no, the the ADP is different, you know, because a lot of you know sharp people are drafting right now. I think the casual fantasy drafter is going to say, "No, it's round why seven. should I take Dalton Schultz ahead of Dallas Goddard or Zach Ertz or TJ Hawkinson?" It's round seven for Schultz. As so I've been doing, on, it's round six on Fancy Pros. Okay, it's. I think it's round seven. Round seven. Yeah, it's round seven. <laughs> Sometimes I, my dividing by 12 isn't so easy. Um, as I've been doing dra- more drafts lately, I do find myself hoping and praying that I can draft Dalton Schultz. It seems like he's one of my favorites. And I never want to draft TJ Hawkinson. I don't know about you guys. No, I, I, I agree. It's, for me, it's uh, you know the, the greater late. Um, where if I don't get one of the top five, Great or late. I like that. You should use it. <laughs> um, if I don't get one of the top five and I don't get Schultz, I kind of pass on. I'll, I'll wait out Ertz because he usually falls. Um, but then it's usually like Cole Komet. Yeah. I, I will do a like a, a very Heath thing. I know it's probably annoying, but like Dalton Schultz outscored Pitts by almost two fantasy points per game and his situation improved. Yeah. And they're going four rounds apart. <laughs> So you you would it's take, over Schultz. You like the you like the value on Schultz. Yeah, I've I've got them twelve points apart in this projections. I I do still have Pitts projected by more, which so I'm kind of making fun of myself too. But like Schultz going to be worse than he was last year? But no, I don't think you're making fun of yourself. You're taking the value. We we say this all the time. You know, we Adam hates the keeper questions. We're going to say every time, take the guy who's later. If you obviously have a feeling, and I don't disagree with it, that they're going to be close. Uh, you know, so if you're more in the camp of the the three guys you asked, are they closer to Schultz? You absolutely wait out Schultz. Why wouldn't you? Okay. The same thing, like, That's you know, you, you have a, a feeling that Andrews is going to be better because you keep flopping those guys. I mean, the 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 value, like, again, the, the ADP right now has Andrews, at least on Fantasy Pros, is the 21st overall pick. You can't have that decision because of where you have to draft Kelsey at the end of the first round. But, I mean, my goodness, if you want to just play the value card, the value card is obviously in Andrews' favor. So let's pair up a top five quarterback and a top five tight end. And let's let's see how this game works. Using NFC ADP, we'll do QB1 and tight end five versus tight end, tight end one and QB5. Would you rather have Josh Allen and Darren Waller or Lamar Jackson and Travis Kelsey? Uh, Allen and Waller. Really? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Who's the quarterback? Josh Allen and Darren Waller or Kelsey and, and Lamar Jackson. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Kelsey and Lamar Jackson. Delay Kelsey on, and Lamar right? Jackson. Yeah. Hey, we were always going to go with the worst quarterback and the better tight end, I think. Would you rather have QB2 and tight end four, which is Mahomes and Kittle, or QB4 and tight end two, which is Joe Burrow and Mark Andrews? So Mahomes and Kittle or Burrow and Andrews? Mahomes and Kittle here. Mahomes and Kittle. All right, let's do tight end three and QB three versus QB three and tight end three. Would you rather have Justin Herbert and Kyle Pitts or Kyle Pitts and Justin Herbert? 
<laughs> I realized midway through this this game. Well, here I, I want to do, do a couple Adam, of extra this because I'm going to ask Keith about the team that I drafted. Go 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 five rounds into um two two teams, one with Kelsey in the first round. Use ADP or not? Just do just do an Andrews draft. Do an Andrews in a pitch draft. So build a team first round pick. Andrews in round two, and then two or three other players, whatever, however, however far you want to go. And then do one with Pitts in the third round. Okay. So, right, so, he, so this this is the team I drafted for. Um, am I doing? Am I putting together a team? I'm sorry, I don't understand. Yes, you're putting together based on ADP. Start with the tight end and either work up or down. Okay. Um, I'll do the Kelsey one because that's what I did. So Heath, you tell me about this team. I think it's the perfect Adam Azer team, okay. um, based on the players that I got. I hate I'm it. sure you'll like it as well because you like to <laughs> tight ends. Really. Also has one of your favorite players in Josh Jacobs. So I start at 12th pick. Uh, PPR, four points for passing touchdowns. So I started with Diggs and Kelsey, and then I went Akers and DJ Moore. So those are my first four picks. Diggs, Kelsey, Akers, DJ Moore. Then in five, six, I took Godwin and Josh Jacobs. Um, I don't remember exactly how it all played out, but those are my first six picks. So here's the team. You tell me if you like it, dislike it, however you feel. Uh, Jalen Hurts, again, four points for passing touchdowns. Love it. Jalen Hurts, Cam Akers, Josh Jacobs. Uh, the receivers are Diggs, Godwin, DJ Moore, and my flex right now will be Alan Lazard, and then Kelsey. And then on the bench, I went a little heavy running. Or not, I'm sorry, I didn't go heavy running. I'm thinking a different team. Uh, my bench is Kenneth Gainwell, Naeem Hines, and Daryl Henderson, along with uh, Rondell Moore, KJ Osborne, Tim Patrick, Albert O, and Justin Fields. Uh, everybody was taking two quarterbacks. I figured Justin Fields was a good value, and I took Albert O just because he's the best player available. So, again, quarterbacks are Hurts and Fields. The running backs are Akers, Jacobs, Gainwell, Hines, and Henderson. The receivers are Diggs, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Alan Lazard, Rondell Moore, Tim Patrick, and KJ Osborne, and Kelsey and Albert O. Yeah, it's all, I mean, if – if the running backs work out, that's the only question mark I'd have because I think you're elite at quarterback, tight end, and wide, and wide receiver. Like those, that combination of those three wide receivers is elite. It's Akers and Jacobs could both be top 12 running backs this year or could both be major question marks. That's the only question on the team. But you can have questions at running back if you're elite at quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end. Right. And I'm, I'm banking on the Rams running back, hopefully it's Akers, being elite. Mm -hmm. And then if I have to mix and match, if Jacobs stinks, you know, I think Hines will surprise people. I said that many times. Uh, Gainwell is a lottery ticket. And, you know, I'll, I'll obviously play the waiver wire as well. Oh, my gosh. But I, I like it, but I got a lot of critiques about it. Pissing me off so much. This chat, this comment on YouTube. When Jamie says greater late, starting what round is considered late? No, greater late is my thing. Heath assigned it to Jamie. Jamie no, is no, no. I didn't the shtick. Heath didn't assign it to me. I said it on the Fantasy Pros podcast, and I specifically gave credit to our show. I forgot who said it yeah, first. Me. I might have said you, but I gave credit to our show. I, I even said, it's not my thing. I said, it's our show, said it. I thought it was, I knew it was one of you two. Um, and Joe Pisapia came on our show and said that he started using it and gave me credit for it. Oh. And I said, no, 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 no. It's not my thing. <laughs> uh, would Schultz or Ertz fall under late? No. Ertz, Ertz yeah, yeah Ertz, Ertz is a hundred and first overall, so yes. I think yes, but Schultz no. Schultz I kind of think late is like double digit rounds, like Komet's late. Ertz is borderline. 
Uh, yeah, I, I kind of feel like top 100. Okay. But you can sure. use 100 or 120 either way. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not. You're <laughs> like, not what is zero RB? Huge. How many rounds do you have to go? Ooh, five? First running back in round six? I think originally it was seven. I generally say five, but yeah, it's in that range. Who, okay. who cares? All right, so you want this, these these t- uh, tight end teams? Yeah. yeah. All right, so I used the fifth pick in the draft, and I gave this player, this, this manager, Najee Harris, and on team A, Mark Andrews in round two, A.J. Brown in round three, and then I, I kept the same picks four and five. I didn't really see a reason to change them. D.K. Metcalf, Cortland Sutton. So Najee Harris, Mark Andrews, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Cortland Sutton, as opposed to Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, Kyle Pitts, D.K. Metcalf, Cortland Sutton. So basically you're just asking Jones and Pitts or Andrews and A.J. Brown. Yeah. Now, if you want to say it's not a three-receiver league or it's half PPR, you don't want to go that that full receiver strategy, you could take Sutton. You can take Metcalf and Elijah Mitchell instead of Metcalf and Sutton, or Sutton and Elijah Mitchell instead of Metcalf, instead of Sutton and Metcalf, you know. You could throw in Mitchell as a running back, as a RB2 in round five. But I guess the start of Najee Harris, Mark Andrews, A.J. Brown versus Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, Kyle Pitts, which do you prefer? Uh, the Andrews team. Yeah, the Andrews team. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to make of ADP because it's so different than ours, but A.J. Brown does not typically make it past the turn in our leagues, but I think. E- but even with him making it that late, we still like... Which uh, Does Aaron Jones make it to that late no. in the second round in ours? No. Uh, again, I'll, I'll reference this analyst draft. Aaron Jones went in, in the third round. I was a little surprised. <laughs> so we're Ooh, not we... necessarily the barometer of yeah. what's going on. I think well, I'll just use gotta, the ADP. Then. remember, most analyst drafts, they go so heavy on receiver. Yeah. That's true. All right, guys. So we've got some emails to read. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We also have... The Fantasy Cops. If you have any league disputes and you want our help, put Fantasy Cops in the sub- subject line and email fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. This one comes from a person whose name I don't have. I'm the commissioner of my 10-team league. To alleviate conflict of interests and to balance power, our league has an additional two co-commissioners. This allows me the ability to remove myself from a situation and have someone else make an unbiased decision. Our issue comes after we established the draft order, which we set randomly. One of the co-commissioners received the first pick while I received the fifth pick, and I've won five of the last seven years. The person who got the first pick does not like picking on the corners, prefers a middle spot. Meanwhile, I want the first pick. So I offered for us to swap picks, but the third commissioner said that would come across bad to the rest of the league, allowing me, the commissioner, to change the first pick. I feel he may be doing this to prevent me... (laughs) as a winning manager specifically from having that first pick advantage. What are your thoughts? As commissioner, as a commissioner, should I be held to a different standard or should this just go through with the league feelings being damned? Is there a rule against trading draft picks? It doesn't seem that way. It's just it's two co-commissioners trading draft picks and he's worried that it's going to look bad for the well the third commissioner is worried that it's going to look bad to the rest of the league if two co-commissioners trade. Including the guy who is one has won five of the last seven seasons, ending up with the first pick. Eh, boo-hoo. If there's no rule against it, then the third commissioner really has no legs to stand on. Yeah, I mean, if these guys haven't quit after the same guy beating them five out of seven years, they're probably not going to quit over this. <laughs> I will say, though, in a blanket, <laughs> that... Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. All you right. need a big blanket for three commissioners. Yeah, yeah. From Mitch. Good morning, Les, Kirk, Tug, and Alpa. No idea. Nope. Tug was one of the guys that Rachel dated on Friends. Remember, Jamie? I believe it was Tag. Oh, it was t- that's excellent. Good. These are from Rotten to uh, this Rotten Tomatoes. This is from Tropic Thunder. You tug on a blanket. Yes. Uh, they were on a break. What are your? T- <laughs> they were on a break. It was, it was pretty sad though when Ross died in the first season. Yeah, oh, Heath. I don't know how you overcame that. <laughs> what are your temperatures on Jameis Winston for Dynasty? Buy, sell, hold. I've been offered an arguably late 2024 second and third round pick for Jameis Winston. It's a one QB league? I guess so. How late? Yeah, you don't know. It's 2024. Oh, I mean, I'm, I, how many rounds? Rounds two and three are the picks. I don't know. Yeah. All right. I would go I ahead. would do it in a one quarterback league, and I would keep Jameis in a super flex league. Yeah, so. I guess that's the best way to go about it. Sean from a city 1,760 yards high. I don't know. Is it Denver? Sure. Yeah, it's a mile. You can probably Google that one. That's a mile? 1,760 yeah. yards? Okay. One third of 5,280 feet. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, Chris, Lane, Eddie, Kirk, and Andrew. Those feel like 90s grunge rockers to me. Oh, is it? Maybe it's Temple of the Dog? It's something like that. Everyone uses fantasy points per game over fantasy points for the season, and everyone thinks that's okay. But you make fun of Azer stats. How are fantasy points per game over season long all accepted as good when those are basically Azer stats as well? You know, I think a good argument for that is Najee Harris because he was a top five back in total points. But I think he only scored 17.7 points per game. And Where did so, that like, rank? Was he huh? eighth? What was he, about eighth? Sounds about right. So, like, obviously there's, there's, there's some lows there, and you're going to have players like that, but you clearly see what you're getting by the end of the season. You know, so some guys just kind of fall into the, I think there's middle ground in discussing both of them. You know, like, obviously we've had this, uh, th- this top five conversation, and, and whenever Dave, because it feels like he's defending Derrick Henry the most, that's the argument that, clearly makes the most sense is he would have been number one in points per game. But, you know, again, he, he, he didn't, he didn't finish the season. So, you know, that's the the negative. Same thing with McCaffrey, you know, it's, Oh, great. Those three games in 2020, he was awesome, but he played yeah. three games. Yeah. And Najee Harris, by the way, eighth per game, Azer stats are different than points per game. Azer stats are points per game, eliminating games where well, I don't, I don't know the, the points per game, per se, for Jonathan Taylor, but I, I think I've told you this, or I certainly said it on, on the Monday show, on the running back show, that the last nine games, when he was eight of those over 20 total touches consistently, versus the first eight games, when he only had two over 20, I would imagine his points per game in those final nine games probably look a little bit different than just the 21 and a half, essentially, that he scored. I have him at 22.2. Over those final nine? No, no, full season. 
Oh, full season. So I will have that very, very shortly. I'm just not sure if his buy was early in the year or late in the year. Oh, it was very late. I think it was week 14. So his final eight games, he averaged 23.3 points per game. And Derrick Henry averaged 23.4. His final nine games, he averaged 24.5. Yeah, I, I look, Azer stats are fun, I guess. They're not. They probably have taken on too much of a, a life of their own, but no, they have not at all. They're one of the best parts of our show. <laughs> and there's well, like, I don't base all my decisions on them. I, I need people to base few, not few, but not that many of my decisions. There's on value in total fantasy points, and there's value in points per game, and there's value in Acer stats. I think what I try to do is take the sample of a player's season that I think will most resemble Make your point. His situation. Who did Dave get mad at you about? Which running back was it? Who did who get mad at me about? They, oh, McCaffrey. He got mad at you about McCaffrey. He got mad at me for that? No, I mean, he challenged you a little bit about... The Azer stat? Yeah. What was my Azer stat? Game. What was it? About you taking out his the games that he left. Oh, yeah. Well, I, right. So if I'm trying to figure out how good was he last year, on a per-game basis, Christian McCaffrey was fifth in points per game, 18.2 PPR points per game. How can you count the games that he left after 30% of the snaps? It's better to look at the five games that he finished because in those games he was the the best. I, he was, yeah, no, no, he was just below Derrick Henry, right? But he was incredible. He was five points better than he was, you know, if you count the two games that he left. Right, like I, I think point if, of that? if you were to take if you were to take his four best games and say that's who he is, as opposed to keeping the fifth game in there, like I, yeah, I agree be a little with you when you do cheating. this. Like it's yeah. it's much better. It's obviously easy for us to make fun of you. But it's it's like better that. for the the perception of the player, and I think a lot of times what gets lost is you also do this when they struggle, but we don't usually focus on the ones that struggle. We <laughs> right. usually because you're trying to make a point to sell something as opposed to detract from something. Right, right. All right. Anyway. You know, like I, I, I mean, the the ones that stand out, the one that stands out to me a lot recently is is Lamar Jackson because you always take out the game where he left early in the game. Well, you have I to totally agree. Yeah, you have to do that. Yeah. Uh, from Brian, hey Sid Mario. Jaramur and Ronnie. Uh, Yammer and Ronnie. I don't know who Ronnie is, but these are penguins. I thought you were a hockey aficionado after following the Panthers into oblivion. <laughs> I'd given up hockey. Uh, I had the. Fr- I honestly don't know if the Stanley Cup ended last night or, or if was there another game tonight. I know it's 3-1 Colorado. Did they I don't win? know either, which is sad. I think it's 3-1 Colorado. They won in overtime in game four, and I'm not sure where we are after that. I had the first round turn at picks 12 and 13, and Derrick Henry was still on the board. I took Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Swift in a full PPR dynasty startup. Did I make the right choice? Swift, yes. Yeah, I think Cook and Henry is debatable. I I think maybe the way that you made the wrong choice was taking a second running back. I, I don't know how many running backs were gone, but I assume several. I wouldn't take Cook or Henry that early in a dynasty startup. This is from Kevin. He says, what do I do with Calvin Ridley in my dynasty league? I've been offered a trade for him, but I don't know how to value him. I have a few offers. Trade one, I give up a first-round pick in 2023 and Ridley for Clyde Edwards-Elair. Ugh. No. No. (laughs) Trade two, I give up Darren Waller and Calvin Ridley for Cole Komet, Jerry Judy, and a second-round pick. That's it sounds good. like your team is probably not in contention. 
very next line in the email says, my team is very strong, so winning is now possible. So don't trade Darren Waller. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. But you're getting Jerry Judy. But you're giving up Darren Waller, though. If you're in contention, you don't want to do that. We're not draft. I mean, I guess Judy and Waller are being drafted in the same pl- relative place in redraft right now. Yeah, Judy's later. But, right, they're not so far apart. You're getting, so So let's take the picks and, let's take the second round pick and Ridley out of it. You're trading Waller for Komet and Judy. What do you think about I that? I guess. But if I'm in contention, though, I, I'd rather have the sure thing at tight end. I think I have Ridley worth basically a second round pick next year. I encourage everyone to listen to podcasts. They have not been published yet, but this weekend they'll be out. There, You can see them on YouTube right now. Jacob Gibbs on Saturday, you're going to hear his Cortland Sutton profile, and on Sunday his Jerry Judy profile, and he is all about Jerry Judy, and he gives some good reasoning for it. So, I thought Russell Wilson and the Broncos are all about Jerry Judy too. Yeah, I know, but... It, it's still look. It's different stuff than we ever talk about. Man versus zone splits. You'd be surprised how much better Russell Wilson is against one type of coverage, and how much better Cortland Sutton is against one type of coverage. It's it's interesting stuff. You'll hear those on on this podcast on Saturday and Sunday, and also on FFT and Five. Last question is from Mark. How important is it for aging running backs to have their handcuffs on dynasty rosters? I am the Eckler manager. I have picks one hundred six and one eleven in my dynasty rookie draft. Do I reach for Spiller at 111 or stick with best available? I'd stick with best available. You don't even know for sure that Spiller is going to be his handcuff or that Spiller is going to be the starter when Eckler leaves or is right or is done. Does he have 206 too? Don't know. Because if he has 206, there's a chance that Spiller is still there. Yeah. And so, you know, if... It sounds like, you know, you've obviously made one trade to get two picks in the first round. Maybe you make another trade to move up a couple spots in round two and guarantee yourself Spiller if you're concerned. But taking Spiller at, at 111, I think, just is a little bit too too risky. Or I don't like – I but I'd like, cause I think I might like a 2023 20, second more than 111 anyway. So maybe see if you can move back from 111 into the middle of the second and pick up a 2023 20, second. Or you might get a 2023 20, first. I mean, if somebody's looking to, you know, get one of these receivers now – that has maybe somebody has multiple firsts already. This is tough news. My dynasty league is folding after this year, it seems. 12 mm. years. This will be the after last this one. year? Yeah, the commissioner is going to step down after this year. So I why don't you step up? I wouldn't mind it. Well, because it's not, not on CBS and I don't have no idea. I have no interest in being a commissioner on this dreadful website that we use. You know, you can move everything to CBS. I could, yeah, I might, I'll think about it, but it seems like other people are dropping out too. All right, let's spend a few minutes on. Well, you know what Lou Dobbs would say? I don't know what he would say. Not Lou Dobbs. What, what, what's uh, Lou something? The manager of Major League? The Indians in Major League? Oh, <laughs> what is his name? Lou Brown. Lou Brown? What would he say? Or no, was it him that said it or was it, uh... oh, it was Dorn that said it. Yeah, Roger what Dorn said it. What do you say? I know Adam Azer. I, I know I know what I, go ahead. Strike Finish this first. guy out. There's only one thing left to do. Oh, no, yeah. he did not say that. Come on, dude. Jake Taylor said that. Oh, Jake Taylor said yeah, it. Yeah. Win the whole bleeping thing. Yeah, Lou was Lou had already died by then. Um <laughs> God, I butchered that whole thing. Yes, you yeah. Did. Like I know Adam Azer. <laughs> and so I I hope you're going to spend the rest of the afternoon sending offers to other league managers for of really young exciting players for 
guys like Derrick Henry and Travis Kelsey and Tom Brady. No, no, I, I've made so few trades in that league. I don't know what because I don't know the managers. It's tough for me to. I'd, I'd like to send text messages. You're embarrassed like to send the types of offers you send to us to people you don't know. You should see the trades that get made in this league. It drives me crazy. <laughs> I was, why didn't I make that trade? So Clay, Peterson, what's the worst dynasty trade you made? I don't have one. I don't think because that's my only one. dynasty league. I've made so few trades, so I don't know. I have such a terrible one. What was it? Right before Andrew Luck retired, <laughs> I traded a first-round pick for T.Y. Hilton. Uh, and, and then Jacoby Brissett happened. And then Jacoby Brissett happened. <laughs> Clay Peterson says Mike Kosicki should be tight end six. Over who? <laughs> no way. Did you you know who would say that's too low? Who? Derek Carr. Like a sickie? Derek Carr ranked his top five tight ends in the NFL for some purpose. It was on Twitter last week. And he had Mike Gesicki as the fifth best tight end in football. He had it Waller, Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews, and then Gesicki. Gesicki, I mean, he's in such an – he's another guy such an interesting spot. I don't think he should be tight end six, but you are talking about a system upgrade. And – Hopefully he benefits. I mean, he should be the third guy in this offense and could end up being very good value for fantasy managers. Here's one uh, from Mahmoud, who gave Jamie credit for great or late. I wouldn't recommend taking both a tight end and a quarterback in the first five or six rounds. You guys agree or disagree? I generally I agree. If you want Adam Azer to like your team, I would definitely agree. Because every time I've ever done that, either your running back or wide receiver is going to be bad when you do that, and then Azer is going to hate your team. But I often take both a, a tight end and quarterback in the first five or six rounds. So I, I think agree. the thing that helps this strategy is if you don't take two of the other positions. So if you go, let's say, Kelsey, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, and then come back and take something of the other two spots, you're typically better off because you end up getting one still high-end player at that position. I am totally uh, off this strategy, by the way. I, I don't care anymore about not to but, but I'll draft to a quarterback and a tight end in the first five rounds. I have no problem. But the thing is, I just don't typically take a quarterback that early. I'm usually in the round seven range there. I, I also think it's um you should do that more often when you're in leagues with people who are not paying as much attention or trying as yeah, you are. Yeah, yes. definitely. Okay, let's see if we have any new comments here. And, and that's obviously one quarterback leagues too. Our uh, good friend Andrea informs us that there is another hockey game tonight. And Verlander Severino tonight. You guys, Heath, you see how the Yankees game ended yesterday? Uh, go Lightning. No. Uh, four runs in the ninth inning off the Astros. <laughs> Thing of beauty. Walk-off win. Our guy Holmes get the win? He didn't pitch. Uh, so... That's it for the show. We're going to send you off into the weekend. Have a wonderful weekend. Make sure you listen to those FFT and 5 episodes that drop in both feeds for a really good analysis on Sutton and Judy. And we will talk to you with a mock draft review on Monday. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 